the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Indeedy, it is hump day. Joe Biden's glad we're, we're past Taco Tuesday, thinking people ain't going to still be talking about Dr. Jill Bigot. We already talked about that last hour. But if there's anything you want to say about that. Well, my question before we move on from that quickly, I, I, I didn't have a chance to bring this up to Newsmax this morning. We were talking about it. But isn't it part of the mistake she made talking about breakfast tacos? I mean, we're yes, she was in Texas. But are we more about a breakfast burrito here, Skins, instead of a taco? Amen. Right. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Hispanic Andrea K show listeners, let me know if I'm wrong. But I mean, of course, we eat breakfast tacos here, but it's not as much a thing. Breakfast tacos is not as much a thing as breakfast burritos. Right. You know what? I never thought about that until you brought that up. Yeah. Give me a good breakfast burrito any day. Right. Yeah. This, so so that that was also part of her fail. She messed up. If you're going to. Yeah. If you're going to accuse people, if you're going to attach people, compare people to a particular food item, at least get it Right. Right. It's like if you're going to go talk to Jewish people and you're going to compare them to bread, you compare them to a challah, you know, or, or, or a bagel. You, you're not going to compare them to, you know, a bread pudding. That's a New Orleans kind of food. Get get your food item right, at least. Good grief. You, can you tell I'm hungry all of a sudden? Talking about food. <laughs> Talking about food. All right. Uh, speaking of food. The CPI index has come out. Consumer price index is out. Everything is up supposedly 9.1%. But that doesn't include gas or food. As somebody said on Twitter today, I wish I could claim credit for it. They said anybody who's who's telling you, you know, if you take gas and food out of it, it's really not that bad is somebody that's never had to go, you know, well, it's not that bad. I think he said... Um, Tell me, tell me if you could go a, a month without food or gas. It's kind of important. So the numbers today are kind of sketchy. Here to help us understand what's going on and also hopefully give you some information you can use. This is what we call the news you can use segment is my buddy Dave Elhoff, the financial thought doctor. Hello, my dear. AK, hey, how are you? Well, I'm good. Glad you're okay. You were missing in action last week. Evidently, at least we thought you were. Evidently, you were participating in the art stalling, and you were in a theater somewhere, yes? That's correct. We saw the million-dollar quartet at the Lambs Player Theater, theater, and it was fantastic. All right. Well, for that, I will forgive you for missing us last week, and and at least you're, you're... um, uh, one of the few people that can afford to leave the house, can afford to drive to the theater, although you live not far from there, I'm sure. And I just think you should have done it in song and dance, still called in. I, I know, right? Exactly. Um, <laughs> all right, Elhoff, before we get into get your perspective, I want to play 
uh, a clip from CNBC in which he compares kind of some economic conditions we've got today with um, numbers from previous years. So listen up, Elhoff, and you out there as well. Skins, please play clip seven. And it is out. Headline CPI much hotter than expected, up 1.3%, up 1.3%. In order to find a higher month-over-month level, we're going back to the same year as the up 1.2 in March was the previous high of this move, and that's 2005. If you strip out the all-important food and energy, and the Fed's much more reluctant to do that these days, it's also hotter, up seven-tenths of 1%. The high watermark there was all the way back in April of last year when it was up nine tenths and that was 1981 level seven tenths well seven tenths is the smallest number since then and if we look at year over year this is really hot up 9.1 percent well above the 8.8 we're expecting and 9.1 percent puts you at 1981 because 1981 covered 8.9 all the way up to 11 percent and finally the year over year core which is becoming much more important to the fed up 5.9, also higher than expected. It's a lot of numbers, Al Hoff, but what it means is we hadn't seen this kind of inflation since at least 1981. Correct. And uh, their idea that it was going to go away quickly, well, the Fed didn't respond quick enough, and they need to tighten money. They need to increase interest rates, and that's what they're going to do, and it's going to be a little painful going forward here. Well, it's already painful. How much more painful can it be? Because I actually don't agree with any of these numbers. When I go to my grocery store, like I did last night, and I see that the prices are at least 50% higher, but the uh, the size of the package is at least 50% less, that's more than 9.1%. Yes, it is. When, when, when a gallon of gas was 2.99 on uh, January 2021, and now people are at least paying $5 everywhere up to, you know, upwards of 10, that's higher than 9.1%, isn't it? Wouldn't you think? Yes. Yeah. I mean, people that are out there doing it every day, they're experiencing it firsthand. If there is ever a clear indication of the difference between how the Democrats treat the economy and the Republicans, or may I dare say Donald Trump and Joe Biden, totally different. And when you go and shut down oil production in the U.S. because of the global warming issue, you are a plain idiot. You're not really thinking about what is best for the people of this country. Well, what they're thinking about is power. Um, somebody said today, I didn't even bother to pull the clip, said that, that, you know, we just need to get to green energy faster. And that's just absolute insanity. That is as insane as, as some woman going before a committee yesterday and saying men can get pregnant. Let me give some real numbers. This from Charlie uh, Bolello. Um, I can't remember which media outlet he's from. Um, fuel, fuel oil up 98.5%, gasoline up 59.9%, gas utilities up 38.4%, electricity up 13.7%. Um, one of the things that he, oh, he also said in a, in a different tweet, shelter is the single biggest component of CPI. It's 33% of the index and it's still being uh, wildly understated at point at 5.6%. 
year over year with rents up at, uh, at rents are up at 14.5%. And over last year, home prices are up 20.4%. So the true inflation rate is much higher than 9.1%. And there's the real scary one for a lot of people is the rent increase because you can back off, go to your box of mac and cheese for food. You can maybe not drive around as much, but if you can't, if you can't keep a roof over your head, you're in trouble. And then so are we as a nation. And, uh, you know, the Democrats are trying to raise taxes on the middle class. Uh, that yeah. isn't going to help anything. No, and they don't, they don't, everything that could be done, they are intentionally not doing. And so then we have to figure out for ourselves at this point, um, because we, there is no white knight coming in. To, to, to save us right now, um, I, I've got some uh, interesting poll numbers on the on the election integrity uh, coming up. We are not assured free and fair elections going into the midterms. So and even if we take over the House and, and the Senate, we still have a Democrat in the White House. So what can we do? And I've had a lot of conversations with friends freaking out who've lost a whole lot of money in retirement accounts. I told a friend the other day, listen, Elhoff. Can, I don't know what's in your portfolio. I don't know what anybody is, but not all portfolios are the same. Not every place you have your money has the same risk as others. So you, you, it, and I know it's scary, but talk about options that people have right now and, and cr- across the income spectrum. There are a lot of options out there, folks, is that uh, most people, they look at their portfolios and most of their 401ks have these uh, features of having a capability invest in stocks or bonds, and that's it. And that's not enough, folks. What I do is I look at the Harvard Yale Endowment Fund and how they invest, and they have the bulk, not the bulk, but a large percentage of their portfolio is in alternative investments that are not tied to stocks and bonds. And what are we talking about there? We're talking about they go into alternatives that include uh, real estate, include uh, senior loans that are are invested in loans to companies, and it's a senior debt portfolio, and they have floating rate interest rates. So that if interest rates go up like they are now, your interest will go up on those portfolios. So there are portfolios out there that can be designed that are not correlated to the stock market and don't move with the stock market. And that's what I try to specialize in is put people in investments that are not going to correlate to the volatility of stocks and bond markets. Over in China, speaking of housing, over in China, I read an article today. People might be like, well, what does China have to do with anything? Well, I I found this interesting. I found it fascinating that in many cities over there, a large percentage of their population is not paying their mortgages and has stopped paying their mortgages. And it is a huge percentage of the population. And you have to wonder what kind of crash might be coming for China and then what that might mean. Because when I go back to 2008 with our housing bubble that crashed that had a huge net, I mean, the housing industry is one of the leading indicators for the economy going forward. When it goes bad, it causes a ripple effect across the nation. 
Um, I don't know. I, I don't like to put you on the spot. I don't know if you've invest, investigated into that or if you want to look at that and maybe report on it back. But in general, I, you know, we're, we are all tied together now as a global economy. We're dependent on China. We were moving away from that under Trump. We're now back to being dependent on them, which is so much of the supply chain issues. I mean, if, if their housing industry crashes, that can't be good for us. I have to look into the what okay. the percentage of uh, uh, Chinese people have mortgages on their home and how much are they leveraged on their homes, so on and so forth. But I can speak to the situation about people being alarmed by the possibility of the U.S. mortgage reset alarmism, which is going off right now. But my guy... Brian Rustberry, I sent you there. He talked about the mortgage reset alarmism is off the mark. And what is he talking about? He's talking about adjustable rate mortgages as they go up. Is that going to jeopardize people's uh, positions? And he had an article, and I'd love to have it posted. I can post it to my... Uh, Send it to me, and I'll I'll post it. I'm under Facebook restriction again for another few days, but I I can I can get it out there. I push it out on Twitter, and on Insta. So email it to I, me. I will send it to you. Okay. Okay, because it may calm down some people. Because even if all of them repost it, it's not that much of an effect. Okay. So. It, like many of the outlets out there, they like to present fear because they feel that people that get scared and afraid, they'll tune in more to find out what's going on. Well, and we're trying so, to do the opposite here. We're trying to give news that people can use to maybe calm them, maybe solve a problem, get on a better footing instead of just staying in a place of panic. So that's we're trying to do the opposite here, and I appreciate that from you. Yeah. So what is going on, AK, is that even if there's $450 billion in adjustable rate mortgages, even if they all reset, that only affects 0.05% of annual consumer spending. Okay. So it's not as big a factor as a lot of these people are making it out to be. But the point is this, folks, is that if you got a 401k, you got an IRA, you're invested in stocks, and the, the point is this, is that you have to stay and watch it through. But the people that get stuck are those that are five years from retirement or five years during the first five years of retirement, that if you get market hits at that time, it can be devastating if you don't have a strategy to deal with it. And that's what I also do is provide strategies to people to deal with if your portfolio goes down, what do you do? There are strategies in order to stay fully invested and recover that faster than going to the sidelines and then missing the uptick. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you. The best way, AK, is to call 619-548-0965. Text or call. Give me your phone number or email, and I will set you up with some information, and the best thing is to have a conversation with me, 10, 15-minute conversation. Let me find out what you're doing, and maybe there is something out there that will allow them to continue to increase their net worth without participating in the downturn. 
That's what we need. That's music to our ears. All right, Dave Elhoff, Financial Thought, right. Financial Thought Doctor, you are forgiven for missing last Wednesday night. And the rest of y'all stay tuned because we've got some interesting poll numbers out that have to do with the election coming forward. And are we looking at the possibility of lockdowns again? Y'all think they went away forever? <laughs> you silly child. Come on back. We're Andrew K. Show on its way. 888-344-1170. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. At a time in which this country is facing some difficult economic times, we can always count on Spartacus, Senator, Senator Cory Booker, to have his eye on the real issues of the day for the American people. I, I, at least I think that's what he's trying to yammer about here, Skins. Maybe you can help me figure it out. Uh, yesterday, he is, was uh, attempting to deal with the great the, the great scourge of the nation, over banking overdraft fees. <laughs> um, sure. Okay. I guess this is a problem for the American people. If it is for you, here's what Cory Booker has to say about it, Skins. I stand with these incredible leaders for, fair, for a fairer economy, for securing economic justice, and to stop this kind of abuse that should offend the sensibilities of everyone. And so I pledge to you we will continue this fight. This, is, this bill is an important step on a longer journey. I hope that we can continue to be fruitful in this bill's effort, but also I hope that we can be fruitful in when it comes to economic justice all around our nation. God bless this country, but I will tell you right now, It is so unpatriotic, it is so un-American to exploit your fellow American for profits, for unjust profits. That's not capitalism, folks. That is piracy, and it must stop. Okay, all joking aside, let's talk about what's really going on here. Um, Economic justice is what Cory Booker is looking for, because evidently it's economic injustice for certain members of society to have to pay a penalty of some sort for when they bounce a check. This is another form of reparations. It's not economic justice if your T's and C's with your bank involve overdraft fees for if you don't have enough money in your account. That costs the bank money, okay? It's only economic injustice if this group of people here gets charged more in overdraft fees than this group of people over here. That's the only way it would be unjust. And that would be discriminatory in which the banking institution would be shut down or be or face heavy fines themselves. But what's going on here is this is just more of the Democrats looking and looking and looking what's going on in society that we can lay claim on that we can accuse some institution of victimizing somebody. So that they can continue to push that America is a great, a gravely racist and unjust society. And how can we then tell a certain group of people that they don't have to be held responsible for their behavior? Look, I know how tough it can be at times financially. There was a time in my life where I only had $5 for an entire week and I bought a sack of potatoes. Instead of asking anybody for money, I thought I could eat, you know, maybe some hash browns for breakfast, French fries for lunch. It's National French Fry Day, by the way. Or baked potato for dinner. I So I am not somebody that's immune that doesn't know hard times financially. I come from poor people. I'm the daughter of two Marines. My parents joined the Marines because that was a heck of a lot easier going to basic training than it was working on the dairy farm. Okay. But we can, we've got, we cannot, this is communism. 
This is communism, the way they're talking about. They want to seize control over banking institutions and decide that banks should have to eat the fees and the cost if somebody writes a bunch of bad checks. In fact, I had a, I, I had a, well, I don't want to go too personal and overshare there, but there used to be a time where we put people in jail for writing bad checks. It's against the law. Now, we can all have a little problem at some point. I think I've told this story where I bounced a check to Bono's Pizza. Daddy had to cover it. He wasn't too happy about it. And he put a bumper sticker on my car that said, <laughs> I can't be broke. I have more checks. Just to embarrass me. <laughs> well, it's true. It's not a joke. Because he wanted to shame me. And you know what? I was embarrassed. I didn't want to have to go to my parents and tell my parents I bounced a five. It was, Never happened again, did it? It was $5, by the way, <laughs> for a little mini uh, pizza from Bono's Pizza. Italian sausage and jalapeno peppers, my favorite mm. flavor. Yeah. So, you know, so uh, we're joking, but it's just the left pushes 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 to try to transform this country from a constitutional republic. You don't want republic. an overdraft fee. Pay closer attention to your finances. That's right. That's right. We The last thing that we need is more government oversight. When we look at what happened in 2008, the fall of, of when, when um, George W. Bush comes to the microphone looking like he just ate squirrel for the first time and it was undercooked. I mean, he just really looked gray. Not that there's anything. Well, anyway, he looked gray and announces that, you know, he had gotten some bad news and we were basically about to go off the cliff economically as a nation. And that became the Wall Street bailout. Remember the Wall Street bailout? Part of what was going on there had to do with one of the reasons why I was asking Elhoff so much about housing is because the the idea that everybody had the right to own a home in this country was a huge part of, uh, of what caused the economic collapse of our country at that time or almost the economic collapse at least that's what we were told. We were told if, if if George W. Bush didn't spend all this money on the Wall Street bailout, that America was going to be, we were going to collapse economically. What had gone on is it fairly complicated, but a couple of aspects were that under the guise of, in George W. Bush, his compassionate conservatism was liberalism, if not full-on Marxism and socialism of, of various forms. The idea was that everybody had the right to own a home, and he loved to brag about minority home ownership. And the problem was, is that people were being uh, uh, put in homes and given mortgages with loans that were really, really, really bad, like uh, like interest only loans and adjustable rate loans to where it was really low for the first few years. And then when the real interest rate kicked in, nobody was going to be able to, to afford to stay in these homes. It was all smoke and mirrors. And it involved, it involved the U.S. government, it involved Wall Street, it involved, it involved ACORN and other organizations at the community level, all forcing regulations over financial institutions to do a bunch of crap they had no business doing. There's an article today that I found um, from unheard.com. What does that have to do with COVID? Well, I found this article interesting from Isabella Kaminsky, and she writes, Many of those who opposed lockdowns for the pandemic predicted that the policy, if normalized, could one day be taken advantage of by opportunistic political forces to deal with almost any crisis. It was, as Lord Sumption once suggested, a potential pathway to authority. It is a potential pathway to authoritarianism. Quote, if we confer despotic powers on government to deal with perils, which are an ordinary feature of human existence, we will end up doing it most or all the time. It's absolutely true. 
perils like a virus that can wipe out upwards of millions of people is part of the human experience. And you don't shut down a three trillion dollar United States economy because of because of of not a common but a recurrent peril of which is part of the human experience. She writes, well, we are now facing just such a crisis, and there is not an insignificant chance that lockdowns might be revived, not just as a knee-jerk reaction to cope with a prevailing health crisis, but also troublingly an economic one. This is where it gets interesting. The monkeypox health scare may have failed to get traction, but as COVID cases begin to rise again, thanks to their new, now they're pushing the BA5 um vaccine resistant variant of omicron that's breaking news today that's v, that's from fox news headline i just read but as covid cases begin to rise again the slow beat of pro lockdown messaging is beginning to circle again in the mainstream media she says for now the public remains far from receptive but this could change as soon as energy strategies and supply chain issues begin to bite this winter which they surely will it's only going to get worse economically people think the summer is going to be when it's going to be the the worst Um, But it will actually get worse going into the winter. The public has already been primed to believe that lockdowns were great for generating energy savings. We saw the the evidence of that in our own eyes. Traffic jams, the great things about the lockdowns, right? Traffic jams disappeared. Oil prices went negative. Air pollution reversed. She goes on to say, here's where it gets really interesting. In the face of late Soviet-style chaos on the streets, unconstrained inflation, not enough electricity to heat the homes of the vulnerable, the prospect of order emanating from the temporary suspension of a market economy might seem appealing. It's even easy to predict the messaging that might feel compelling. Stay home. Don't queue. Don't uh, stay home. Don't queue. Save energy or bread and energy is cheap if you stay home. Here is why we must not fall for this line of logic. We shouldn't have to even say anything again. We shouldn't have to tell people why to not fall for this again. But we have people out there right now continuing to believe that Fauci was was right and he wasn't a liar and that and the clot shots actually work. She goes on to say, here's what we must not fall for this line of, of logic. Planned economies are what got us into this mess to begin with. COVID, the war in Ukraine, and sanctions against Russia may have all added added accelerants to the fire, but the smolders were burning ever since the 2008 global financial crisis nearly brought down the system that I just described. It's just that the consequences of papering over the flaws in the system rather than properly addressing them only became visible in late 2021. It took 70 years of the communist system to fall apart under the weight of its own capital misallocation. We've managed to achieve it in about 14 years. At the heart of the problem is poorly thought out subsidization of negative sum business models propelled by excessive cheap money in the system. In the communist period, the sort of misdirection was the fault of state bureaucrats who had no idea what people really wanted. This time it's being driven by deep-pocketed Western venture capitalists who become convinced that outsized rents from monopoly interest could compensate for short-term profitability. Our best path out of this mess is to keep the system as free as possible so that the people themselves can innovate their way out of trouble. Necessity, as they say, is the mother of invention. Allowing human ingenuity to thrive in a free system is our best chance to solve our economic woes. We need the, the uh, there should be no business too big to fail. The idea every time we subsidize an industry, every time uh, what they did in 2008, the Wall Street bailout, then it was the auto bailout, 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 prop up, prop up, prop up, seize control, regulation and taxation, 
um, and and until we till we permanently get out of it. Trump had us in, a, in in for four years in the Trump administration. He had us turning away from that, and now the Democrats have us on, on the, the high speed to that. And we have to. The answer to every problem in the United States of America is freedom. That is the answer to everything that we face: individual freedom, free markets. Your individual freedom as an employee, your individual freedom as an employer, period, freedom. Trump was unleashing the innovative spirit and the ingenuity of the American people. It was a resurgence that was happening and the Democrats have come in to destroy it. And we are on the precipice. I know that was long winded. I know it it was getting a little philosophical, getting into a little political philosophy. But if we are not now. Seeing the trends again as to what they're trying to do, these cultural Marxists and how they're trying to lay the groundwork with COVID again to be able to lock us inside their homes again. If we're not seeing it and be and understand it and understand that this is a long game that's happening here. This is a long game and we've got to fight against it. And I don't care who in your family is telling you that they're panicked and they're fearful and you need to get the shot. I don't care who in your family, I'm never going to lock down again. I will never be back into my home. We must now decide once and for all as a citizenry that we are not going to be forced collectively in our homes, forced collectively to wear masks, and forced collectively again to have to have the shot in order to work. It's now or we're done. I'm going to take a break. We come back. And with that... We've got to talk elections coming up because that is one of the main reasons for why they're starting to talk lockdowns again. Stay tuned. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Just perusing a few little food options on Instagram. Who knew that Dolly Parton had a line of cake mixes out? Evidently, she's got coconut and banana, and both of them sound quite the yummy, yummy cake uh, to me. Um, your thoughts, Skins? You know me. I'm not a big sweets guy. Mm-hmm. No comment. Yeah, I don't know how we're such good friends because, quite frankly, you know, I, I don't want to live in a world without without cake. Um, okay, so um, Jan 6, man, this Jan 6 committee, they are just, you know, um, continuing despite the fact that poll numbers show it ain't working. Nobody's watching. Nobody's paying attention. I think we reported last night that before the Jan 6 committee, uh, 67% of people um supported uh republicans supported trump i can't remember the, the exact question change. that yeah i think it went from 67 to 66 percent. i don't remember what this specific question was but basically needle didn't move <laughs> it didn't move at all okay it might be moving downward for miss thing cheney in wyoming with her constituency so that doesn't seem to be working out too well um but there was an interesting poll that was done by Rasmussen and the National Pulse, and it had to do with election integrity going into the midterms. And this is really important because before the break, I was telling you guys about um, they're starting to make noise based upon this BA5 uh, uh, variant that's supposed to be so much more infectious. Note the word that they're using, infectious, so much more infectious. Well, infectious doesn't equal hospitalizations, doesn't equal death, okay? Infectious doesn't equal casket. As viruses mutate, they get more infectious and they get less serious, right? I got a family member with it right now. It's barely more than a scratchy throat. That's what we're dealing with, okay? Uh, But any excuse to try to 
either by force or through panic to have us as we're going into the midterms, people being too scared to vote so they can push out. Well, we got to make it easy. We got to have convenience for voting. People are too scared. You can't expect somebody to go to the polls and vote with this new variant coming along. Um, all and kinds they of scare people because you're telling them, you know, the vax and the antibodies don't work. Exactly. So they are worried about this midterms, which is why we need to stay focused and not allow them to play games. Here's what this poll numbers came out. And here's why you need to be encouraged as to the fact that this Jan 6 big lie nonsense. The big lie is that there was no fraud. That's the big lie. That's what they're trying to cover up. In fact, tonight, the breaking news is Congressman Andy Biggs is all over CNN. They're upset at him because he's demanding an investigation based upon the movie 2000 Mules. He's actually going to is isn't he going to be on the show tomorrow night? Yes. Yeah. So we're going to ask him about that on tomorrow night's uh, Andrea K show. He's the only one, the only Republican, hundreds of Republican elected officials in both houses of Congress. And we've got one saying, hey, can we look at this election, uh, you know, 2000 Mules movie and what went at, went down in 2020? You want to know why you should? Because according to this poll, 52% of likely U.S. voters believe at least somewhat likely, it is at least somewhat likely that cheating affected the outcome of the 2020 presidential election, including 36% who think it's very likely. That's a huge majority. That's a huge number of the American people. We have a right to know exactly what happened in our elections. And no amount of bullying, no amount of Liz Cheney with her insufferable droning on, no amount of bringing some Capitol policeman up there to bang his fist on the table, no amount of throwing innocent Americans into a gulag is going to stop me and the rest of other Americans like me from wanting to know the truth and getting to the truth. And God bless Andy Biggs. He'll be on the show tomorrow night. 50% of voters think it is at least somewhat likely there will be widespread cheating that will affect the outcome of this fall's congressional election. You're included in that number, I aren't am. you, Skins? Yeah. Including 24% who say it's very likely. And of course, because what of the means of fraud that took place in 2020 are gone? We know Zuckerbuck's, Zucker, Zuckerberg has said, yeah, you know, I don't think I'm going to invest that much. You know, the, uh, I'm not going to invest again in the Zuckerbuck's. Um, that doesn't mean he won't just because he said he wouldn't. Doesn't mean somebody else won't fund the operation for involving the, the mail-in ballots and the drop boxes and the mules. Bribing elected officials where uh, one aspect of Zuckbucks and these mail-in ballots and mail-in drop boxes, which were illegal in, in uh, I believe, every state in which they were used, like in, in particularly Wisconsin, where the, a, a court just came and ruled that was illegal. Um, they One of the reasons why it was illegal, in, for example, in Pennsylvania was because they had a whole lot more drop boxes in Democrat districts than they did Pennsylvania districts. So we know the American people believe. And you know what? We're not stupid. We're not stupid. They can try to um, show videos of Sidney Powell, talk about Dominion machines and mock her for saying release the crack. And what does that have to do with 50,000 illegal votes in the state of Arizona? Far more than the margin of victory for Joe Biden. What does that have to do with the Wisconsin Election, Commi- election Committee um, implementing their ideas as though it was law? And those electors that those electors in the state of Wisconsin should never, never been certified, just like the electors in Arizona should have never been certified, just like it was illegal for the Pennsylvania Supreme Court to rewrite the rules. Those electors should have never been certified. That right there, I believe, would have would have given the two, 270 electoral votes to Donald Trump. This election was stolen. And I'm not going to let anybody tell me that I'm a liar. You know, and we're told, Andrea, again, I, I told you this off the air many times. Red wave, <coughs> red wave, red wave. I, I'm not so sure. We got to no. There's no reason to be sure. 
There's no reason to be sure. And we've got too much. And on top of the means of fraud taking place, we've got apathy among the conservative voters because the numbers have gone down. In October of 2021, 65% said wide use of mail-in voting uh, would lead to more cheating in elections. Now that number is down to, to 58%. So as elections have taken place and some Republicans have had some wins, people have been lulled into believing that we now have fair elections. But it goes back to what you and I talk about, because the Republicans are happy getting the scraps. And wh- what does that make it look like? You know, things maybe maybe they are, they are a little bit more fair. When asked which is more important in elections, uh, uh, making sure there's no cheating or making sure it's easier for people to vote. Fifty nine percent said making sure there's no cheating is more important, while 38 percent said making it easier for everyone to vote is more important. The 38 percent that think it's convenience is more important. Are my numbingly moronic. So you don't care whether or not your 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 vote is stolen by somebody else as long as it's easy for you to go and vote. How dumb are you? And by the way, in Mexico, when they implemented strict voter ID laws, for example, and strict election integrity laws, including voter ID, voter turnout went up because people trust in the electoral process was restored. We only had 21 percent voter turnout. In the recent it primaries here, 21 percent and a huge number of that has got to be Republicans are like, what's the point? Just like when we had the Senate runoff in Georgia in January 2021 on the heels of the presidential election, I had family down in Georgia that were like, yeah, I, I'll go ahead and vote. But honestly, what's the point? The same mechanisms for the Senate runoff are in place that was that caused the theft of the presidential election two months ago. Not much has changed. Nothing. Yeah. Um, when it comes to, uh, the identity groups, uh, 71% of Republicans, 36% of Democrats and 43% of unaffiliated voters believe it is at least somewhat likely there will be widespread spread cheating that will affect the outcome of this fall's congressional elections. 71% of Republicans. I mean, 36% of Democrats, that's nothing to sneeze at. No, it's not. That's a lot. And remember that Democrats, uh, crossed the aisle and voted for Trump. Um, in, in 2016, 56% of whites, 57% of black voters, and 66% of other minorities think it is, is at least somewhat likely that wider use of mail-in voting will lead to more cheating in elections. That's a majority across every identity group. And again, I bring up, yeah, we played the clip of Nancy Pelosi just a couple of months ago. She is not concerned in any way no. about losing seats in November. We've got how many millions of taxpayers' dollars going right now for this January 6th? nonsense going on pushing the big lie that the election was not fraudulent the majority of american people know it was fraudulent and believe it will happen again and nothing's being done here's what's most interesting before i take a break voters under 40 are more likely than their elders to think widespread cheating will affect the outcome of the falls yeah, that's Congress- a good stat. isn't that interesting it is interesting when it comes to money, nearly half of voters earning more than 200K per year think it is very likely cheating affected the 2020 presidential election. So, 
Houston, we have a problem. We have a problem. Now, this is interesting. Interesting point to wrap on. Among voters who strongly approve of Joe Biden's performance as Uh president, just 9% think it's more important to prevent cheating in elections. Of course! (laughs) Of the few of you limousine liberals like Stephen Colbert that are happy with Joe Biden, of course you're cool with the cheating in the elections because that's how you got your dude in the Oval in the first place. And as this poll shows the majority of the American people hey, we didn't know get to it. play that clip tonight. Those are probably the same people that agree with Joe that he's doing a great job on the economy. Bang up job on the economy. Same people that believe Mayorkas when he says, yeah, we're doing a good job down here on the border. All right. Um, we're going to wrap up with a little Gavin Mussolini news and his his little bill involving uh, gun control when we come back from the break. So don't go anywhere. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. I'm going to save the New Cellini gun control bill uh, for tomorrow night's show because I need to give it more time than we've got right now. How about we uh, mock some people that are mocking the rich with their... Um, with their eat the rich popsicles. I just heard about this story. I'm not, I'm not an ice cream person. Um, so I wouldn't pay anything to eat a popsicle that looks like Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. But who are you people out there paying $10 to eat a popsicle just under the, the auspice of eat the rich? You're paying $10 for that? I think I think they're the real bozos here. Here's the story. An artist collective in Brooklyn is selling popsicles shaped like billionaires, including Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos with the tagline, eat the rich. Uh, uh, Okay, Um, but the ten dollar price tag on the frozen treats has some people pointing out the irony of criticizing the world's wealthiest while engaging in peak capitalism. Um, I don't think the irony is on the ice cream vendor. I say hat tip to them for seizing on an opportunity. I say the irony is really the dopes that would pay $10 to bite into Jeff Bezos head for, you know, uh, I mean, that's capitalism, baby. It is. I mean, I guess, you I mean, know, I'm, I, I'm like you. I wouldn't pay very I, much, if anything. No, I mean, they, this also being sold in Santa Monica, they were sold out Tuesday, according to um, Bloomberg. Um, the, the chief revenue officer for this artist collective says they were designed to start a conversation. Well, who's having a conversation over a popsicle? That's, that's dopey. You know, you know what? Sometimes a a food item is just a food item. You know, do we have to make everything political? You know, I remember when the ice cream truck used to come around and kids would get all excited and nobody had to be lectured on CRT or be told, you know, are you sure you really are a girl, you know, to eat a popsicle? I mean, it's just not got what life is about. You got your ice cream, right? Um, the idea is, according to these ice cream makers, billionaire wealth soared during the pandemic and um, now it's sparking calls for a wealth tax. So somehow making $10 popsicles is poking fun at them. Now, um, I agree with this person on Twitter who said, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say selling overpriced popsicles to end capitalism is peak champagne socialism LARP. Um, yeah, I totally agree with that. All right. Um did you have something you wanted to say? Shout yeah, out to a very happy birthday. One of my favorite actors of all time, Harrison Ford. Looking great at 80 years old. Okay. Well, you know what's not looking great? This popsicle doesn't even look like Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. Hashtag fail people. Anyway, we'll see you tomorrow night. 6 p.m. Pacific time. Love you. This is Andrea K. Peace out. Come on. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.